Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I want to begin today's show with a really fun announcement. Uh, before we're done today, about 45 minutes or so from right now, 1045 in the morning if you're watching live, and then uh, around the 45-minute mark or so if you're listening or watching on demand later on, we're going to welcome onto the show today the great former Georgia coach Mark Richt. going to be on hand on our program today. He's got a really fun event he's a part of in a couple of weeks. We'll tell you more about that. But uh, just really, really excited about having Coach Richt on the show today. I think there's a lot we can talk to him about. His stamp, his fingerprints, obviously on this Georgia team right now in a very big way. And so that'll be a fun discussion. We'll get to that here coming up in just a little bit. And plus, no one's been happier about the success that Georgia's enjoyed over the course of the last couple of years, seemingly more so than Coach Richt. Coach Smart's told us some stuff about that over the course of time. The text message they've exchanged back and forth, they've clearly had a good time with all of this. So it'll be our pleasure to welcome in Mark Richt to the show a little bit later on today. And I am very, very excited about that. Prior to that, by the way, Terrence Edwards is going to join us today as well, as he always does on Thursday. Prior to that, I find myself in a position I don't really enjoy all that much because... It's hard not to sit in front of a microphone every day without sort of falling in love with your own opinions, I guess, from time to time. But every now and then, you kind of look back on it and you're like, "Mm, maybe I'd like to have that one back. Maybe I might have gotten that one wrong. And I think in one particular area, I may have gotten something wrong, and I'll kind of lay it out here for you. You can kind of judge for yourself. And ultimately, this really isn't a topic about me, but I do think it is a good way to frame the stakes in place for Georgia this upcoming season. Let me set it up this way. You may have seen this. I think this is really interesting. We've kind of kicked off talking season around college football. SEC Media Days, of course, is next week. But we also have Big 12 Media Days that have been going on this week. Now, this is a brand new version of the Big 12 that's ever existed uh, before because you got you know all kinds of new entrants into this league. One of those is Houston. And the uh, coach of the Houston Cougars is Dana Holgerson, who recently took a visit to Georgia, part of coaching clinic stuff and things like that. He spent some time around Kirby Smart, spent some time around the UGA program. And he told ESPN during an interview yesterday just how impressed he was with the Georgia program. And I think the the specifics of the comment here from Holgerson gets a lot of attention. And for you know, at least one aspect of this, it kind of becomes kind of a cool way to sort of, if you're a Georgia fan, rub this in the face of Alabama fans, which uh, dog fans kind of enjoy doing from time to time. But there's also a larger point to be made here. So let me read this to you. It's fun. This is from an interview that Holgerson did on ESPN. And obviously, it sets us up to talk about Georgia today. So let me show, let me show you this on the screen. We'll read the quote. He says, uh, Holgerson on ESPN uh, talking about uh, Georgia, what they're doing in Athens right now is on a whole nother level. I've been to a lot of NFL camps. I've been to Alabama. I've been to a lot of places, Dana Holgerson says. But what they're currently doing at Georgia is on a whole nother level. Just the commitment from the athletic department to the funding, to how they're feeding them, to how they're practicing, how they're lifting, what the staff looks like. It's big time. And clearly it works because they're back-to-back national champs. Once again, that's Houston coach Dana Holgerson, a part of Big 12 Media Days here this week. Now, 
you can kind of approach that particular quote from a lot of angles. You know, it kind of is fun to sort of rub this in the face of Alabama to say, hey, ha, ha, even this coach right here shows that he knows that right now Georgia is on, as Holgerson says, a whole nother level, kind of dropping the uh from the beginning of that word, whole nother level on top of the rest of college football. And to, see, to hear Holgerson, who kind of has a little bit different kind of understanding about this, kind of diving into the granular level of, I've seen the nutrition, I've seen the weight room, I've seen the, the approach to the financial part of, of all of this. Uh, I don't have this quote to show you, but later on that same kind of discussion with ESPN, Dana went on to say that it's actually impacting the way in which he's going to run his own program there too. And this is a veteran coach who's been at West Virginia, been at Houston, been at places like that. And, you know, after a while, coaches set in their ways, but this is one of the reasons why they travel around, participate in each other's clinics and just hang out and, you know, nothing coaches like doing in the summertime more than hanging out with other coaches and just sort of sharing secrets and you know you know whatever else and Holgerson basically came back and said hey we're gonna start doing some things at least to the extent that we can we're gonna start doing some things the way that Georgia does it because as Holgerson says the proof is in the pudding the last two national championships demonstrate that Georgia is on a whole nother level than the rest of college football and this is where it kind of wants to you know it kind of leads me to I guess sort of reconsider some of the things that I have said here during this offseason one thing in particular on Tuesday I was on 92.9 the game that's a sports radio station in Atlanta and one of the hosts who was interviewing me asked a question this is a totally fair question it's probably an appropriate question to ask given the fact that Georgia has won two national championships how do you define success for the upcoming season in fact we've probably talked some about that on the show here ourselves over the course of the last few weeks last few months the premise of the question is basically now that georgia has won national championships does that mean this season is national championship or bust for uga in other words is a national championship the only way you can define success for georgia here this year and i answer that question this week the way that i often do and i do truly genuinely believe this is mostly true in most cases that even for a program like Georgia or programs that play at a level near Georgia, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, or the, maybe the LSUs or somebody like that, that if you put yourself in a position to contend for a national championship, if you kind of navigate your way through the regular season, if you can get into the postseason, if you can make the college football playoff, then there's a certain understanding that needs to be in place that once you get to the CFP, anything can happen. The Georgia-Ohio State game a year ago is an example of this. It was a knockdown drag out. The game literally could have gone either way. George was uh, you know, able to win that game there, but, but, but certainly the game could have gone the other direction. And that's kind of the way the college football playoff is sort of supposed to be it's supposed to be close it's supposed to be maybe a little bit of a coin flip that things you know can happen when you get there and your goal as a football program almost if you think about this the way that a poker player would think about it or somebody like that of hey just give yourself enough chances put yourself in 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 contention status enough years and eventually if you're good enough and you're there as a contender long enough the odds will be in your favor to reap reap some championship success over the course of the long haul that's genuinely the uh you know and generally kind of the way that I, I guess I sort of believe on that and so if you use that as your guide then what I said on the radio this week what I may have said on the show to you all before is well maybe that means that Georgia doesn't have to define success this season as narrowly as just a national championship that even though Georgia's won the last two it doesn't have to be championship or bust mentality for Georgia here right now because even if they don't win it in 2023 they're not going anywhere in 2024 and on and on and on and on and that is probably a reasonable answer but 
when you hear Dana Holgerson, the Houston coach, saying what he says there, all of a sudden I do think this frames the upcoming season, the one we're about to have here in 2023, a little bit different for Georgia because I believe that what Holgerson says is true, that Georgia is on a whole nother level. And on the one hand, you want to sit back and enjoy that, appreciate that, as a lot of Georgia fans say from time to time, these are the good old days. We're in them right now. We're enjoying them. We're experiencing them. Experiencing them. But simultaneous to that, it's almost like you don't want to give any of that back if you don't have to. Right now, I would dare say that really no one's on the same plane with UGA. Yes, as I mentioned, Ohio State played it close with Georgia last season. But this is an Ohio State team over the course of the last few years that's just sort of had a hard time maintaining the consistency that Georgia's maintained. They've been incredibly deficient on the defensive side of the ball. We'll see if that changes this year. That's been a big issue for them now for uh, quite some time. Ohio State is not on the same plane as Georgia. Alabama at one point in time was on a plane by itself, and Georgia was trying to work its way up to Alabama. For now, it sort of seems like that scenario has flip-flopped itself a bit. Alabama lost twice in the regular season last year, as you know. Georgia has won the uh, last two national championships. The status that Alabama and Georgia once had, at least for the moment, appears to have flip-flopped. Georgia fans hope that is maintained in the future. Alabama fans are hoping their team changes that here this year, but that's kind of the way that things stand right now. Dabo Sweeney has won two national championships with Clemson, but the team that Clemson fielded a year ago felt like a far cry from those championship teams from just a few years prior to that. In other words, it is just self-evident, I believe, that no one right now is playing at the level of Georgia. And so if you're Georgia, you want to maintain that. You want to maintain that gap that exists between you and everybody else. You don't want to give back the edge and the advantage that you currently enjoy because there is a way in which this can kind of spiral and snowball and kind of compound on itself where if Georgia could find a way to win another championship this year, then all of a sudden it enters into a new era of college football, 12-team playoff in 2024, and all the things are going to be going on there with literally so much distance between itself and its next closest competitor that the idea of Georgia building I mean, as sort of outlandish as this sounds, the idea of Georgia building an unprecedented level of success, moving into this new age of college football, that would at least be a possibility. But if Georgia were to somehow not win the championship this year, which is very, very possible in its own right, but if Georgia were to somehow not win the national championship this year, then all of a sudden you're kind of talking about Georgia moving into the new age that college football is about to enter kind of on a plane with somebody else kind of competing among equals with either an Ohio State or an Alabama or one of these teams that might emerge potentially LSU I guess possibly USC you know whatever the teams you might want to consider that's really what the next 12 months are about does Georgia have a legitimate equal contender for future national championships or is Georgia just playing with a house edge moving forward and obviously, there are going to be a lot of teams who think they're positioned to match Georgia, uh, and very possibly one of them might step up and do it. College football is, after all, a very competitive landscape. But if Georgia can prevent that, if Georgia can participate in another year in which the gap between itself and whoever's next, second best in the country, feels as large as it did a year ago, then all of a sudden you're talking about the buildings and the makings potentially something very, very special uh, at Georgia. So let me kind of sum up what I'm trying to say here, and then we'll move on and talk about something different. Holgerson, the Houston coach, says that Georgia is on a whole nother level. And I think just the evidence that's out there would suggest that's true. So if you're Georgia in a roundabout way, that puts more pressure on you this season 
to go out and compete and make sure that stays the way that it is. Because if Georgia can win a third national championship in a row here in 2023, there is no telling how many more national championships they might be able to collect in the future after that. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Uh, we get started for you at 9.45 every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, right there on the Dog Nation homepage and the Dog Nation app. We call that our first and 15. Then at 10 a.m., we're live across the rest of the video platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We look forward to being on the radio at noon every day on Athens, Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and as a podcast. Apple, Spotify, the WorldFamousDogNation.com. So many different ways for you to be a part of our program. We just really appreciate you picking one of those platforms and using it, and hopefully that's uh, working out to your satisfaction there. And a big thanks to our friends at Merriweather and Tharp who make it all possible. Merriweather and Tharp, as I said a moment ago, is your source for Georgia divorce. Now, here's what that means. It means that for one of the most challenging situations you might ever deal with, the divorce process, someone who has been through that situation thousands of times wants to be able to lend you their expertise, their calm demeanor during all of this, because let's face it, the idea of your own divorce is not an emotionally neutral topic. It creates a lot of feelings on the inside of you, and sometimes very intense feelings can lead to decisions later on that you might regret. Well, that's what Meriwether and Tharp sort of is in some respects. It is an insurance policy against future regret. That when you make the decision to hire Meriwether and Tharp to handle you for your divorce process, to walk with you as an advocate as you go through that, uh, the odds are greatly increased that when it's all said and done, you say, you know, obviously divorce is tough and it's painful, but going through this, I set myself up for, you know, everything on the other side of that divorce process to make me happier and more fulfilled in kind of that next season of life. And that is what Meriwether and Tharp is going to be kind of all about for you. And I don't want you to just sort of take my word for it. I want you to investigate them because they make it very easy to do so. If you go to their website, the Atlanta divorce team.com, the Atlanta divorce team.com, you can see free resources, blog posts, podcasts, things they put out there with really, you know, no strings attached, just Consume this content, educate yourself about how divorce can impact you. There's probably a lot of things that you are thinking about that you should be. If, if you know, history is my guide on this, there may be several things that you're not thinking about that you might need to be aware of. Well, that's what those resources at Meriwether and Tharp are all about. And then you can have that free initial consultation with one of those Meriwether and Tharp attorneys. And after that, I think you'll be ready to do what thousands of others have done, which is to hire Meriwether and Tharp to handle your divorce situation and be that advocate that walks alongside you through all of this. So please find them online, the theatlantadivorceteam.com. That's the theatlantadivorceteam.com. Meriwether and Tharp is your source for Georgia divorce. Let me reset what I told you a moment ago, the two big guests on our program today, Terrence Edwards, the former Georgia wide receiver, as always on Thursday, we'll get a chance to talk to him, and I'm looking forward to doing so. And then before we're done today, special guest, the uh, terrific former Georgia coach, Mark Richt, going to be a part of the program today. All of that is on the way. We'll do that here in just a bit. Prior to that, let's go around the doghouse today, presented by our friends at Serve Pro. And I probably was not a very good friend to my uh, buddy Jeff Sintel yesterday because Jeff had reached out to me to say that Joseph Jonah Ajanye uh, was going to be his guest last night. The recent four-star defensive line commitment for, uh, to UGA was going to be his guest last night on Before the Hedges. I know I mentioned that to some of our video audience, but I don't know that I mentioned that as well as I could to the larger audience yesterday uh, that uh, Jonah Janye was going to be on Jeff's show. Well, it took place. And so now uh, my invitation to you is if you did not hear 
uh, JJA on with uh, JS, Jeff Sintel, last night, you can go to the Dog Nation YouTube page. You can find you know any of the platforms and connect with Before the Hedges presented by Kroger and hear Joseph June Ajanye last night. There's several things that kind of got mentioned about what's next for Georgia recruiting. Obviously, uh, Jonah Ajanye had plenty of opinions about that. But there was one thing I wanted to pull out in particular, and we'll have Jefferson tell on the show tomorrow. We'll talk more about this. One thing in particular I wanted to pull out. We have seen Georgia really make a renewed commitment, as if they needed to, uh, but a renewed commitment to the lines of scrimmage. You know, you recently go out and get four four-star offensive linemen. That's a pretty rare feat to even sign that many uh uh, offensive lineman of that caliber in any recruiting class georgia got commitments from guys of that caliber four of them over the span of nine days that is heavy lifting when it comes to recruiting and mixed in with that was a defensive lineman the caliber of joseph jonah Janye there as well that if you look at and just to still itself down to the basic element the basic essence of why georgia's been so successful i believe line of scrimmage play is just the reason it's just the thing that makes georgia georgia and it's cool to hear Joseph Jonah Janye last night with Jeff Sintel acknowledging that himself, that this is a program that clearly values offensive and defensive lines. And that brand of football is not going out of style anytime soon. We can make a big deal about Heisman quarterbacks and five-star wide receivers and all of this, but big guys getting it done in the trenches is still what this sport's all about. And it's kind of cool to know that a future member of all of that Joseph Jonah Janye, last on Before the Hedges, was speaking those words himself. This is what he told Jeff Sintel. They showed their big men a lot of love. And obviously, as a, as a big man, I obviously want to be there and receive some of that love. So, yeah, I like the way they prioritize that because games are won in the trenches. Because if the D-line can't create pressure on that quarterback, he's obviously going to make a great throw and win the game. But if we can, he's, he's going to throw a pick at the cornerback, and that's a pick six, you know? <laughs> or if you give offense back the ball, right? that's, how, that's how games are won. That's how you win national championships, in my opinion. To borrow a line from the movie Jerry Maguire, a great movie from back in the 90s, you had me at hello. <laughs> if you're talking about getting a bunch of pressure with a great defensive line at the line of scrimmage, uh, deflecting balls, creating pick six, just getting off the field, giving the offense back the football – uh, I like that brand of football. It's worked out very, very well for you, GA. And making sure you stay strong with that defensive line is a big way to be able to do that in the future. And this is sort of one of the cool parts of the Georgia recruiting apparatus. These big men recruitments, defensive linemen, even you know, for someone like Joseph Jonah Johnny, maybe more of like a sort of five technique type guy moving forward. But these big, uh, you know, big men type guys, you know, they are obviously long-range recruitments. You know, you got to be in it for a while. You've got to show yourself to be, you know, kind of a dedicated force in pursuing their services. There's just never going to quite be enough of them. It's always going to be a scarce commodity in the recruiting process. And that is one of those things that Georgia just continues to be very good at. And to hear Jonah Janye there talking about just how much he likes the fact that Georgia values that really on both sides of the ball saying they showed the big men a lot of love well guess what that's a pretty good way to do it in football because having the very best most athletic big men is one of those ways to really sort of separate yourself from the rest of the competition which as we said a little earlier is something that georgia has definitely done so really good stuff there you can hear the full interview with jeff Sintel. 
Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Go to the Dog Nation YouTube page. That actually might be the easiest, most convenient place to go collect that. So you can do that there. I, I just think that's uh, terrific. And that is also Around the Doghouse, presented today by our friends at ServPro. And as terrific as an interview like that might be, one of the things that's not terrific is some sort of damage to real estate that's important to you, whether it's your personal home, your commercial property that your business is housed in, something like that. When fire happens, when water damage takes place, it leaves a gigantic mess. Some of you have seen this before. Some of you have seen evidence of people that you know. And trust me when I tell you, if you ever experienced that in you know a place that's important to you, whether it's your business, your home, whatever else, the big question you have is how do you put all this back together? How do you how do you get all this cleaned up? Well, that's where the restoration specialist, my friends at ServPro, can step in and do this for you. Because what they do is they step in, they participate in the cleanup process, and they put it back together for you like it never even happened. No evidence, no residue left behind, literally as if the event that took place that caused the damage in the first place never even happened. That is what ServPro is all about. Every franchise independently owned and operated. What that means is when you do business with ServPro, you're also doing business with a company that's got a vested interest in a satisfactory outcome just the same way you do. That's why I love talking about them each week here on Dog Nation Daily and around the doghouse. So please find them online at servepro.com. S-E-R-V, servepro.com. You want to get your mess, fire, water, whatever caused it cleaned up like it never even happened? That is what our friends at ServPro are all about. So find them today, servepro.com. S-E-R-V, servepro.com. All right, one more time. Uh, we'll talk to Mark Rick a little bit more than 20 minutes from right now, 22 minutes or so from right now. We'll talk to the former Georgia coach, Mark Rick. That'll be a fun conversation. Obviously, he's had a lot of cool things going on as of late, including within the last year being uh, announced as a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. So we'll celebrate that and more with Coach Rick here in just a little bit. But prior to that, there is a lot going on around the Georgia program here right now and no better voice to discuss all of it than a guy that's deeply entrenched in everything involving football at the college level at the high school level and everything else so let's talk to him right now the great former George wide receiver Terrence Edwards here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp from Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a DogNation.com insider Always love the chance to get a uh, conversation going with Terrence Edwards here, terrific former Georgia wide receiver. And uh, Terrence, we were just hearing from Joseph Jonah Johnny, a recent Georgia defensive line commit, talking about the love that Georgia shows to its big men, offensive and defensive linemen. Now, you're a skill position guy, right? You're a wide receiver. But I'm guessing you, when you played at Georgia or when you see guys playing at Georgia now, I'm guessing wide receivers, skill guys, you know, they understand the value of, hey, if I've got defensive linemen that can force those turnovers, get the ball back, that's just good for me. If I've got offensive linemen, like the ones that Georgia just brought in as of late, who are opening holes and, and, and moving bodies, once again, that just works out well for me. So I'm, I'm guessing that even the skill position guys like the love that Georgia shows to these big men because big men – it is still a sport where big men matter and uh and lines of scrimmage are still really really important kind of cool to hear uh joseph jonah johnny saying that on dog nation last night right well most definitely uh, w- w- we understand where the the play starts and and ends it, it, it starts up front you know you got to have guys that able to protect and guys that are able to get after so georgia's done a a great job since kirby's been there is getting the bigger men, more powerful men, and the more skilled men 
um, in his defensive and offensive front. So uh, us Gill guys may get all the glory. We may score all the touchdown, but we know where where it begins, and we have to show those guys more love. So early in the show, I read a quote from Dana Holgerson, the Houston coach, about the way that Georgia, he said, is kind of on a whole nother level from the rest of college football. And Holgerson was saying this after having visited Georgia a little earlier this summer. And I ask you this because, Terrence, I know that you have seen Georgia practices several times. You also kind of watch this from the standpoint of somebody who, you know, played the game, obviously coached the game now. And, you know, I get a chance every now and then to go to Georgia practice too, you know, not as frequently as but maybe you do and certainly don't watch the entire practice the way that sometimes you get a chance to. But the thing that always strikes me is the pace with which these practices operate and the precision with which all of this seems to be taking place. And you know how it is. When you got, you know, 100-something guys out there running around, it can sort of seem like mass chaos, but with the Georgia practice, it never does. It's energetic, and people are running in every single direction, but everyone seems to be doing that with a purpose. And when a guy like Holgerson comes in and sees the operation, he walks away saying, well, it's obvious why they've won the last two national championships. And I guess I was sort of hoping that as someone who kind of watches this stuff as a coach yourself and as a you know former player – you know, what is it like to sort of see inside the Georgia program and the commitment the the team seems to have to sort of doing everything and at the highest possible level, so much so that a guy like Holgerson says, hey, if I could model my entire program or, you know, around this, that's exactly what I'd want to do. Almost oh, definitely. I mean, if you are able to go and see a practice, you just and really don't understand what's going on. You just think there's a lot of lot of guys out here just running around and really not with the purpose, but Kirby is so organized with his practice. Everyone knows exactly where they're going. They're running to their positions, and it, and it's so fast, it's so up tempo. Um, and if you don't know where you're going, you're going to hear your name called out over the loudspeaker with with Coach Smart having that mic. So it may look like a, uh, it, I call it organized chaos because everyone knows where they're going. They're moving from one drill to the next in a fast pace, and they know what they're doing. So he's very organized in. in and structurally how he structured his practice he does a great job with that and the thing that i noticed and listen i'm not trying to put myself in the same category of you know people who do this professionally but as someone who's like you know run, you know run some like youth league practice things like that they never have people standing around right it's it, it's not one of those things where like okay one person's doing the drill and like seven people are watching they have like the two spot thing going where like you know you're always a few seconds away from being back in action again and that's the thing that just seems like they've worked very hard to create this situation where no one's standing around during practice. They've even talked about this before of, hey, when you have a lot of depth of your offensive line, that creates a chance to have like four units or, you know, you know, multitudes of units kind of going through these drills and things like that, where when you've got enough bodies in practice, you can create a situation where no one's ever standing around very long. Like everyone's doing football literally the entire time. Oh, most definitely. Everyone is moving. Everyone is getting that work in. Even uh, the the starters to the, the walk-ons. Everyone is, is putting in the work to get better. So, like I said earlier, it, it looks like organized chaos because if you really don't understand what's going on, you won't get it. But Kirby, uh, before they get out, before the meetings, everyone knows exactly where they're going, and you better do it at a fast pace or you're going to be called out over the loudspeaker. So let me bring you into a conversation I was just having, too, because uh, if a coach like Holgerson says that Georgia's on a level totally separate from everybody else in college football, then 
to me, it sort of stands to reason that George would want to make sure that stays true, not give back any of its advantage and its edge this season. Right now, it doesn't have a whole lot of seemingly legitimate competition. So if you win another national championship, you only kind of create even a larger buffer between yourself and everybody else. And so from that vantage point, maybe you could say that it's sort of championship or bust for for Georgia this season as kind of a it's kind of an intense of a statement as that might be from that vantage point maybe it's a fair thing to say so I'll ask you you know how would you judge success for Georgia after having won the last two national championships is it only a national championship that could be defined as success this season typically I would say no but maybe Georgia is in kind of a unique category right now what do you think about that I think I think winning is is the ultimate goal each year and that's uh something that I think that the Georgia Bulldogs going to contend each year. But I just still think it's being able to make the playoffs. Um, I think we're, we we will have an opportunity each year to represent the East and go in and, and play for an SEC championship. That is that is the first two goals, uh, the East, then winning the SEC championship. If not, you know, trying to win every game to still put yourself in a position to make the college playoff. I think it's, it's the college playoff. Uh, I think that is – the standard that we have set that we're going to be one of the top four teams and next year it's going to be top 12. And I think the standard would change next year once to go to 12. I, I think Georgia would be a top 12 team year in and year out. But with the, the format the way it is with top four, I think right now it's reaching the top four. And let's see what happens when the best four teams get into the playoffs because you never know what can happen uh, when the best four teams play. Uh, so I think the, the the goal is not a disappointment to me if we make the playoff and lose that first game. It's not a disappointment because we we put ourselves in position to fight for a national championship. So I would like to win every year, but I I wouldn't be disappointed in making the playoffs and going in and fighting the way we did against Ohio State. Well, I think you're bringing up a really good point about one thing, which is you know you skip ahead a year from now when it's a 12 team playoff. You know, I think that probably creates less parity for college football as opposed to more. I mean, I think when you think about teams like Georgia, you know, these teams that sort of have a talent edge from year to year, it's hard to foresee a scenario when they don't make the playoffs in most years. And you look at the FCS playoffs, as I said many times, like North Dakota State wins that dadgum thing almost every year. And I think you could see a similar situation happen in college football where the very best teams right now, that's Georgia. We'll see what it looks like two years from now. But right now, the very best team is Georgia, that whoever the very best team is, we may see them collect national championships at a rate even higher than we've seen it happen in the recent past, that the expansion of the playoff, because it becomes even harder to win, better teams do harder things, we may see the best teams collect even more championships in the future, I believe. I think so. I mean, just there's going to be 12 teams. And I think, in my personal opinion, uh, you're probably going to see the same eight teams every year, and you might have different four, but there's going to be the same eight teams every year, Georgia, you know, Alabama, uh, probably Clemson, Ohio State, you're going to see the same eight teams in the playoffs every year. And there's probably going to be some mix, mix and matches with the other four. But like you said, there's not going to be an imperative around the, the same. There's going to be the same teams year in and year out fighting for the title. We joked about this yesterday that, you know, you got Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreit, some of those big names from ESPN. They have picked teams other than Georgia to win this year's national championship, or at least strongly suggesting that someone else other than Georgia win the national championship. And then they sort of laugh sarcastically at Georgia fans who want to call them out for it. Like, like, what do you make of the idea? And I'll put myself in this category, but some other Georgia fans are in that category too. 
that Georgia is sort of once again perceived to have some doubters and once again have some skeptics despite the fact they've won the last two national championships Terrence I've jokingly said that it's easier for Georgia to win the national championship seemingly than it is for Georgia to be picked to win the national championship here during the preseason by some of the most prominent voices around the sport like how real do you think that conversation is I I, I honestly don't think it's real I think it's more talking points I honestly think those guys uh kind of just go out on a limb and say something like it's easy to pick Georgia to win because we do have the best roster we do have the best coach we do have probably the best uh, recruiting team going on right now. So let's just talk about some other teams to try to make the, the season interesting. I think if you talk about the same team every day, it probably get disinterested and your show will probably get stale. So let's let's talk about other teams outside probably the team that probably is going to be picked to win by everyone. So I, I, I just think it's for show purposes. I personally believe um, if you put them on a lot of tests that Georgia is probably the favorite to win it. Uh, but let's let's not bring our show to we talking about Georgia. There's a lot of other fan bases like to that watches our show and our rating has to stay up. Real quick, final question for you. In a couple of minutes, we're going to have the former Georgia coach Mark Richt on the show. Obviously, one of the coaches you had while you were at Georgia, Terrence. What does Coach Rick mean to you? Everything, everything to me. I just had a, a spirited debate with one of my best friends, Justin Miller, who uh, was a Clemson All American DB and coaches with me at Milton we have these spiritual debates because that's what we do he just said man coach Rick can't do no wrong for you right nope he can't <laughs> he can't so you know that guy means so much to me man he's done so much to me in my life and I understand he said well, wh- where's where's coach Rick on the on the totem pole and I'm, and I'm real I still I think Kirby is going to be the best coach we ever had Vince doing number two and I'm put Kirby I mean put coach Rick at three I understand the shortcomings that we had and we didn't win. I was a player. I was, I was part of one of those shortcomings against Florida. But the man, you know, he, he's just not a football coach. And he's done so much for so many people. And I tell people, you know, there's no Terrence Ellis all-time leading receiver without Mark Rick coming into my life. So I owe him, and I'm, I'm indebted to him. And, and uh, I love that even today I could call him right now and he answers the phone. So that man, I owe a lot to that, that man. Boy, Terrence, that's really well said. I know you got a lot going on right now, so we'll let you get back to it. Uh, obviously, Milton getting ready for a great season. That's the staff that you're on. But you also got the Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy there, too. People want to follow you and see what you got going on there as well. So tell folks how they can find you on social media. Uh, you heard a big crowd. That's the Milton offensive lineman coming from the weight room going to the field. So I'm at, at Milton now. They're making all these noise. But uh, if anyone is looking, especially middle school, because I, I am having middle school sessions from 1030 to 1130 every day. So nice. if any of the middle school kids looking to get better at their craft, you can find me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Boy, that's good stuff, Terrence. Thanks for being here today. Enjoy it. We'll look forward to talking to you soon, all right? Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, I love it, man. Real deal practices starting around Georgia here right now. My buddy Rusty Manziel and I getting ready to do Corky Kell Classic action. You're coming up soon. Uh, Matt Stewart, a part of that. So many others. Our friend Kaylee Manziel going to be on those broadcasts there as well. We are here. We are in it. You know, high school football starts a good bit earlier than, than college football does. And so, you know, for those of us who like the high school game, I'm lucky enough to be a part of a lot of great high school broadcasts. Like, you know, that stuff is here. You know, we're not waiting on that. There's no waiting left. It's here. It's, here. it's going on. And, uh, great places like Milton, the program that Terrence is involved with. Uh, 
talk about Mark Richt, uh, his son John, you know, a part of that Prince Avenue staff. There, I was talking to John a little bit this week. They're they're rocking and rolling. They're getting ready. I just love it. I, I just love the energy around all of this and people dedicating their lives to making their teams as good as they can possibly be. That's what makes the state so competitive. And man, what a great season! This, I mean, y'all, the season is just going to be amazing. We're actually talking about a uh, in-state guy here in a minute that kind of contributes to some of that. Cannot wait for an extraordinary season around Georgia high school football, and the preparations for that are ongoing. This isn't the, you know, sort of look way ahead in the future type stuff anymore. No, this is happening. Like these teams are, these teams are getting ready for the season here right now. Practice is taking place all across our great state and Terrence Edwards obviously a big part of that let's get ready to go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean we'll talk to Mark Rick speaking of that about seven minutes from right now and it gives me a chance to remind you there are great things happening with our friends at Royal Caribbean right now too including as you're watching a video you see icon of the seas that's a big ship debuting january of 2024 it'll be the largest ship ever constructed it's finished it's essentially ready to sail and it's going to be uh on and popping come january here so if you talk to our friend jessica slater she can tell you all about it 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 she can also tell you about utopia of the seas another really cool uh new introduction from royal caribbean a brand new oasis class ship that's also going to debut uh next year too that's going to be in the summertime going out of port canaveral three and four night sailings on one of those oasis class ships unlike anything that's ever been offered in the cruise industry before royal caribbean gonna make that happen for you and don't forget when you think about oasis class ships it's also a reminder of the dog nation cruise in 2024 gonna be bigger and better than ever before the stuff you love like going to perfect day coco k we're still doing that the stuff that you want more of like great experiences on board that is what an oasis class ship like allure of the seas the one that will be on allure of the seas provides you we're leaving out of port canaveral we're going to nassau in the bahamas going to perfect day coco k even more fun dog nation special events and some of these are going to be really really cool i can't tell you about those yet but it's going to be a great experience we've sold state rooms by the bushels already right now each and every day we're selling more and more so it's not too soon to start thinking about this in fact you need to think about this now before the opportunity goes away because we've been told in no uncertain terms that once our stateroom reservations are gone we can't get more so royaldogs.com is the website that jessica slater has put together royaldogs.com you can find out information about the dog nation cruise in 2024 on board allure of the seas and jessica can tell you as well but all the other great things that royal caribbean's got going on here right now so let's give you a couple of recruiting updates here for a moment <laughs> i'll be honest with you i thought we might be heading towards commitment time for nate frazier the terrific uh, running back instead frazier yesterday dropped his top eight so i was sort of thinking we were whittling things down and narrowing them down a little bit more than that with frazier but i can promise you this he is a prospect worth waiting on nice graphic here from on three if you're watching on video you see alabama and georgia that might be the crux of this battle here for a moment oregon miami texas a&M, Auburn, uh, Nebraska, and Tennessee. That's the final eight for Frazier right now. I think Frazier's a big-time athlete. And I think if you bring in a Frazier to go along, like, say, a Dwight Phillips that Georgia already has, you know, some of the stuff they've done to wide receiver position too, y'all, this team in the future can be really, really athletic. And, you know, a, a guy like Frazier has the ability to make people miss both as kind of a traditional running back but also out of the passing game there as well. I honestly don't know how you defend that and there's an aspect of football that gets really really simple really really fast like the complicated x and o's and and sort of schematic type conversations that can sort of seem like rocket science at times 
that stuff gets really, really simple really, really fast when guys like Frazier had the football in their hand. They're just simply making would-be tacklers miss. This is a this is a recruitment worth watching here. It seems like Georgia's in a pretty good spot. We're obviously following it closely. It's a name I want to ask Jeff Sintel about when he joins us on Friday. You see a top eight drop there, and you see Georgia right in the middle of all of that. Speaking of top eights, we also got one of those for Julian Juju Lewis yesterday. This is the rising sophomore quarterback at Carrollton. And a lot of you, you know, if, if you're a part of our show, the odds are you're probably not like sort of mainstreamish you know type fan we're a fairly mainstream show i guess but uh but a lot of our content is sort of geared towards people who are like sort of as obsessed with college football as we are so many of you already know a good bit about lewis the rising sophomore at Carrollton. i would say that the rest of the public is only about to find this out my guess is over the course of these next few months lewis is about to come become very very famous he had a terrific freshman season he got Carrollton in the 7a classification of the state final that is not an easy thing to do and he played really really well and at time had some massive performances to help get the trojans there to that spot He's about to be as famous in the state of Georgia as a Trevor Lawrence would have been, as a Justin Fields would have been. This is the level of prospect he's about to be, if not even higher than that. This is going to be one of the most talked about recruitments in the history of our state. I don't say that lightly. And so he drops the top eight yesterday. Georgia's a part of this. I think there are a lot of teams are going to be a factor in the Lewis recruitment. But more, more than anything, this is just sort of one of those statements about the fact that the Juju Lewis, that's his nickname, Juju, the Juju Lewis recruitment hysteria is kind of only just now building, but my oh my, is it really on the way? A couple more other stories I'll get to you real quickly. There was a weird dust up yesterday that disappeared almost as fast as it started involving the possibility that Ed Orgeron might be in line to be the next Northwestern coach. Obviously, Northwestern's been in the news for all the wrong reasons as of late. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald lost his job. Their question still being asked about exactly what might have gone on and exactly what Fitzgerald involvement all that might have been. But putting that aside, uh, obviously, Northwestern's an opening in the Big Ten. And that's gonna, we said it's going to get some interest. And uh, there had been this rumor and this chatter that Ed Orgeron was one of the guys apparently interested in the job. Well, I believe it's Bruce Feldman from The Athletic who kind of became the first prominent voice to shut this down, that Orgeron apparently not interested in being the coach at Northwestern. I can't imagine a worse fit. Now, I think that Orgeron will probably coach again, I think. And as I said before, I do believe the Northwestern job is going to be kind of attractive to some you know good number of candidates. But given what Northwestern is, given who Ed Orgeron is <laughs> – this would have been such an odd fit. I think it's one of the reasons why so many people on the internet yesterday were rooting for this, just because of how strange the whole uh, thing was there. So uh, interesting there. Orgeron rumors popped up yesterday, apparently not true. And I'll finish by giving a couple of recruiting notes here for a moment. So both Florida and Alabama have picked up pretty big commits here in the last couple of days. Fletcher Westfall, uh, offensive lineman at one point in time, we'd kind of talked about it in the Georgia program, Westfall going to Florida. That happened, I think, two days ago now or maybe it was yesterday uh and then casey poe as expected did commit to alabama there have been a lot of questions asked as of late about exactly what is going on with alabama football recruiting is this just a slow start or is because they're obviously they're ranked inside the top 25 but not near the top the way we've come to expect them to be is this just a slow start or is there some sort of you know evidence of loss of momentum for alabama recruiting i think for now we're kind of content to assume that when it's all said and done they probably put a class together that's pretty similar to what we're used to seeing them get. And the official commitment of Poe yesterday may be some evidence of that. It's a, another player that we've kind of talked about 
in this show kind of around Georgia circles here a little bit uh, a really good kind of interior offensive lineman Poe committing to Alabama yesterday so we'll give you those two recruiting notes and we will make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean and now here on Dog Nation Daily as promised I want to bring on a guest that we're thrilled to have on the show today the uh, terrific former Georgia coach Mark Richt uh, here today he's got a big event he's going to be a part of there at the uh, D1 training facility coming up in a couple of Saturdays we'll tell you about that before we're done with our conversation today but prior to that coach let me welcome you to the show and say thank you for your time and we appreciate you being here today I'm glad to be here with you thank you so uh, just a moment ago we had one of your former players Terrence Edwards in the show and I asked him directly because we knew we were going to have you on what you meant to him and uh, 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 Terrence told us he said you know coach Rick means everything in fact he says that's a guy that can do no wrong in my book and obviously uh, coach Rick that's not the only former player of yours that would certainly speak that way about you you had a very successful career and we'll talk about you know you know some of those accolades here in a moment but maybe no better testament to to what you were as a coach the fact that so many of your former players would step up and speak about you that way what does that mean to you when you still have that bond all these years later with guys like that that you that you coach with right. that you competed alongside what does that mean to you well it feels good and it also helps me realize they don't know me very good <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I think the biggest thing with the former players, even when I left Georgia and went to Miami, I kept my phone number from Georgia. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose contact with all those players. Fifteen years of players and coaches and just relationships, you know. And uh, I just, uh, I think the biggest thing is the guys understood that there was no shortcut to victory. We were going to work hard as a team, but they also knew I cared about them beyond the game of football uh, and wanted them to be successful in life down the road because there's so many guys that go through the process of having their lives kind of mapped out for them through sports and even a little pro ball, some of them. Yeah. But sooner or later that ends, and then, it, then it's kind of like, now what? And I just had too many guys over the years that would call or come to my office and say, Coach, I don't know where to go from here. And uh, so we just try to really do a good job of preparing for the future. And the other thing, too, is in recruiting, you know, there, there were a lot of guys that came from, you know, homes that didn't have a father figure. A lot of moms came to me and said, I can I can teach my son a lot of things, but I can't teach him how to be a man. Can, hmm. can you help me do that? So I took that as seriously as I could, and our staff did, and, I think most coaches do. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But the guys know. Uh, the guys know we loved them. Recently, we were all thrilled. You know, go back to the beginning of the year when it was announced you'd be going to the College Football Hall of Fame, and you know, to have your career recognized like that, the success that you enjoyed. Uh, what did that mean for you to kind of be recognized that way? I mean, I think of you as a humble person, but at the same time, I mean, people would want that kind of status it's such a you know a rare accomplishment what did it mean to you to kind of earn that birth into the college football hall of fame right <clears throat> well it meant a lot to us and i say us Catherine and i my wife you know we we're in this thing together and uh any great coach knows that uh without a without a great coach's wife it, he ain't gonna make it right. there's <clears throat> many times in my career that she picked me up when i was at my lowest and uh I never could have accomplished much much of anything good without her. So, but uh, we, you know, when we got the uh, the information through the mail, mm-hmm. uh, they send a football, and 
It was really nicely decorated, obviously, but said, it kind of said, welcome to the club. Wow. And uh, we just, we embraced and hugged and kissed and, and smiled and laughed and celebrated. And then when you think about that legacy of success, you know, it's still really evident around the Georgia program here right now. And I think it's really cool for those of us that have great memories of a 2002 SEC championship and a 2005 SEC championship and the fun things that happened 2007, 2012. We can cite a lot of these, you know, really cool moments. The fact that so many of the guys who were kind of alongside you for some of that are still at Georgia here right now. You know, Mike Bobo is the Georgia offensive coordinator. Stacey Saros is back as offensive line coach. Brian McClendon, of course, is the wide receivers coach. And we could go on and on with that. What is it like for you to know that that guys that you were a part of, in some cases mentoring in their early days as coaches, or in some cases just kind of you know working with, that they're kind of now either back at Georgia and that so much of, I guess, your fingerprint on Georgia is kind of still remaining with the program here right now? Well, I mean, those guys are just quality people, quality coaches. and I think Todd Hartley's still there, too. That's right. But, uh, wonderful tight ends coach. But, um, you know, and, and actually at one time – you know, I had hired Kirby uh, to to work with us. We we knew he was a great defensive coach, but we just tried to get him on staff. Period. And we had a running backs coach position open, and brought him in as running backs, knowing that if something opened up on defense, he'd be first in line. But uh, then he ended up, I think, the very next year going with Coach Saban at my with the Dolphins. But you know, so we we definitely uh, had a lot of uh, history with those guys, and. Uh, you know, every one of those guys are really, really good at what they do. Uh, they're great recruiters, great coaches, and the kind of guys that, you know, I think most parents would want their sons to be under. So it's not a shock to me to see these guys having that kind of success, and I'm, I'm rooting for them in a big way. In the case of Bo- uh, Coach Bobo in particular, now back as offensive coordinator, that's a job at one point in time you would have had at Florida State prior to becoming – uh, Georgia head coach and I think all the people are kind of curious of okay what might we see from coach Bobo and I guess my specific question for you is you know this is a guy who you know had his time calling plays at Georgia back when you were head coach he's also kind of moved right. around since then and worked with uh, a Todd Monk in a year ago as a coach how much of of I guess other ideas and other concepts do you collect over the course of that time and how right. much of a combination of all of that do you think that coach Bobo right. might put on display as play caller for Georgia here this year right well you you nailed it on the head you know things keep evolving things keep changing and there's new ideas and people uh you know when i think the key is when you see a good idea you recognize it and you and you implement it and but it's one thing to put in something systematically and it's another thing to really teach it because you can have great strategy but if your tactics aren't very good if your fundamentals aren't very good then it's going to be tough to be you know, successful on any side of the ball. But, you know, so I think that, uh, you know, Mike has been, you know, here's one thing about Mike. Philosophically, he's old school as far as mental and physical toughness, and you have to have that in the Southeastern Conference. You need it on the field. You need it in recruiting. You need to know what it takes to get the job done in the league, and Mike gets that. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about him the most. You mentioned a moment ago that you had Kirby Smart on your staff as running backs coach back in 2005. You've known him since he was 
obviously a pretty young, uh, in, in kind of a rookie-ish you know, type coach. What's it like for you then to see the success that uh, Georgia's enjoyed these last two years winning these national championships? Coach Smart's told stories about some text messages y'all have exchange, exchanged prior to a championship sure. game. We know how much you've been rooting sure. for these dogs. What has it been like for you to watch the success that the UGA has enjoyed here? Right. Well, the biggest thing for me, the most fun for me, I guess, was being able to be in Indianapolis when Georgia won the first one yeah. in a long time. Not the first one ever, but it felt like the first one. And uh, I got to enjoy it with my two older sons, John and David. We got a chance to do a you know, men's town trip, so to speak. But uh, to actually watch the fan base, to be in the stands, and to see the reaction of the fans, uh, you know, after that big interception and knowing the game was at hand, it just was. Uh, it was fun to watch everybody's emotion, and uh, I was a big. I was right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's so exciting. So I want to tell folks about a big event taking place. It's two Saturdays from now. It's Saturday, July 29th at the D1 training facility that John Rick, uh, Coach Rick's son, has been doing such a great job with, and obviously some really cool things there. Uh, and it's going to be a big-time autograph signing. Obviously, Coach Rick going to be a part of that. We also have a number of other former Georgia players confirmed for this event there as well. Our buddy John Stinchcomb going to be on hand. Tim Worley, the terrific former running back. Bakari Rambo going to be there as well. And if you want to purchase tickets to be a part of this, there's a website you can go to. You can essentially search CA Autographs at eventbrite.com and find out how to be a part of the big Mark Richt autograph signing and all of the other legendary former players who are going to be on hand at the D1 training facility there in Athens. It's from 3 to 5 p.m., on July 29th, Coach Rick, uh, other former Georgia players. There's also going to be a really cool uh, bulldog there. You can get your picture taken with a, with a great-looking uh, dog and so many other family-friendly uh, opportunities. A, a bulldog really looks just like Aga. You can kind of get some pictures uh, taken there with that. And, and so many fun things going to be going on there at the D1 training facility on July 29th from 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, going to be a great time to, to get an autograph from Coach Rick and get an autograph from other folks there as well. So eventbrite.com, C-A autographs uh getting that done for you and coach i'll ask you about that first of all it seems like the d1 training facility is a great place i know you've even been doing some work there yourself as you uh, continue to courageously battle parkinson's disease but it sounds like a lot of folks there in the athens area have really you know kind of used this facility and are, are you know getting better and training there it right. seems like it's been a real success story and i know a lot of folks are be excited about right. seeing that coming up on july 29th Right, well, and it's called D1 because it, 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 it's uh, Division One training, basically. It's it's kind of team training. It's really uh, outstanding. And not only is John running the, running the show, but uh, Fred Munsonmeyer, another former yeah. player of mine, are partners with us, uh, business partners with this endeavor. And, and as you mentioned, uh, uh, a lot of uh, success. It's a great facility. There's great coaching going on. And I am doing a little bit of a rock steady boxing for Parkinson's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I'm getting some use out of it too. But, you know, the event's going to be great, family friendly for sure. I just want people to understand that if they do have to get tickets in advance, if they show up and it's sold out, I'd hate for to have to turn somebody away. So, I understand. Yeah, we need to see, they just need to get on the website to make sure they get their tickets in advance yeah so it's ca autographs there at eventbrite.com and we'll make sure that folks get a link to this when we put the show out we'll put the uh, link out there and all of that 
people can see that. And I guess, Coach, before we let you go, if you don't mind us asking, you know, how are you feeling here these days? I hope that you get the sense of how many people around Dog Nation are truly, sincerely, genuinely praying for you on a very regular basis. And uh, we're obviously, right. you know, uh, <clears throat> cheering every time we hear, a, you know, a, a good update on you. So uh, how right. are you feeling these days, Coach? I'm feeling good, and, and I do uh, feel the love and the prayers of everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be able to be in Athens and uh, and and still have a great relationship with everybody. So we're thankful for that. And uh, I, I'm feeling, I feel good. You know, I don't I don't have any pain issues. My biggest symptoms are slow movement, balance, even get my muscles get rigid sometimes. And all, but I'm not I'm not in chronic pain. My brain still works pretty good. You can tell my voice. Is failing just a little bit at times, but for the most part, I'm doing good. And with our three grandchildren living down the street from us, uh, we're in grandparent heaven, so <laughs> we're doing good. Boy, Coach, that's a great thing to hear. We really appreciate your time here today. We're looking forward to seeing you there on July 29th at the D1 training facility. I know a lot of Georgia fans are excited about getting those tickets and being a part of that event there themselves. So thank you for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp today. And, Coach, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Have a great day. Thank you. Good stuff there from the terrific former Georgia coach, Mark Richt. And uh, to give you another reminder, as he said, if you want to be a part of the autograph signing that he's going to be there for and the other Georgia former Georgia players themselves, that is an event you have to get tickets for in advance. So you can either go to eventbrite.com and search CA Autographs to find out more about that, or you can go to ca-autographs.com. That's ca-autographs.com. Boy, so, so good to hear Coach Richt. Uh obviously a man that so many of us have been inspired by over the years and we have celebrated and enjoyed and we're glad to see the culture ball hall of fame has recognized the success there glad to see that uh, his uh fingerprint still on the georgia for, uh, program in such a big way uh proud to have you know guys like coach hartley and coach mcclendon and you know on and on you want to go with uh guys who were a part of his staff now back there at georgia again really 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 a terrific interview to have as a part of our program today, and I'm so happy we were able to do that. Let me give you a quick shout-out one more time before we get ready to go today. Don't forget, it is a great, great time right now to be outside, enjoy the kind of the summer grilling season. I just love that. I'm one of those guys, you can probably tell, I mean <laughs> – you know, I probably get a little too much sun from time to time, but I like to be outside uh, during the summertime of year. I like to go to the pool, like to have the cookouts, like to get out there and do all that kind of stuff, play golf, go fishing, whatever else. And that is what Kroger is all about there too, especially when it comes to getting on the grill, cooking up some good stuff, and being a part of all that kind of stuff. So if you've got any kind of big thing going on here, you know you cut out the hot dogs, the ribs, the steaks, all that kind of stuff, uh, all the stuff that goes along with that there as well. Make sure you check out your Kroger, uh, local Kroger, for a lot more on that because you can get great savings. You've got high quality, all the stuff that makes the summertime fun. Get it right there at your local Kroger, or you can see them online to begin with, Kroger.com, for a lot more on that. And, of course, I know you'll look forward to doing that as we head towards the weekend. Speaking of uh, terrific sponsors, that's what our golden shoes sort of themed around here right now. Our buddy Frankie Fibonacci sent this to me. I thought this was funny. So obviously we've been thrilled to have our friends at Dr. Pepper as a part of Around the Doghouse. And uh, you've seen the Dr. Pepper commercials with Little Sweet. I don't know, they, they still did a Little Sweet commercial. I'm not quite so sure. 
but he put little sweet on the uh, on the screen here and kind of laughing about the idea that we had the golden shoe yesterday of the very tiny florida defensive line competing against the uh gigantic georgia offensive line that was sort of a funny graphic that somebody made and uh you know the idea of being uh, very very little like little sweet was in those commercials maybe that is a future uh, florida defensive line there as well so funny by frankie fibonacci we'll give him a golden shoe for that speaking of the lousy stinking gators they may be bigger than some of the teams they play they will not be bigger than georgia they will definitely not be better 107 days from right now that is our gator hater countdown we'll see all of you back here tomorrow dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp